The SpeedCafe.com podcast is brought to you by Morris, the official finance partner of Speed Cafe. Speed! 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 Speed Cafe! Speedcafe.com. Your daily racing fix. Check it out. Speed Cafe. <laughs> Hi there, race fans. I'm Mark Fogarty, and this is the Speed Cafe podcast. My guest this time is Matt Stone owner of the newest winning team in supercars. Matt Stone Racing this season has gone from minnow to giant killer, taking on and beating the big names. Jack LeBrock scored MSR's breakthrough win in Darwin on top of being a regular podium contender. Stone, of course, is a famous name in supercars. Matt is the son of Jimmy and nephew of Ross, who made Stone Brothers Racing a V8 powerhouse from the late 1990s to the mid-2000s. Matt Stone, welcome to the Speed Cafe podcast. Thank you. It's um, great to be on. Looking forward to having a bit of a chat before we head to Sandown next week. Yes, about time we had a long chat and this will be it. All right, so as I mentioned in the intro, famous family name, is it a burden or a blessing? Um, look, I don't particularly give, think much of it. You know, it's one of those things of um, I've always had it my whole life, funnily enough. Um, and, you know, the I guess you'd say the burdens and the blessings that come with it have always just been part of the parcel. So for me, it's just it's who I am and, and where I've come from. And and I don't really give it give it much thought past that. But but certainly having the. Uh, you know, the, the people that come with the pedigree being um, my old man, Jimmy, and, and obviously Uncle Ross as a part of my career um, has certainly been anything. Uh, you could only call that as an absolute blessing, the wealth of um, knowledge and experience that, that the, those guys have um, handed down has been um, unimaginably valuable. Okay, well, we'll come back to all that, that family background, but Right now, as we head into the Enduros, um, your team, well, it's one of the teams of the moment, isn't it? You've become the little team that can. What's made the difference this season? Look, I think it's, um, I always say in motorsport, you know, there's a lot going on behind the scenes and no one ever notices until you suddenly pop up and you're there. But, you know, you show moments of it in the in the time, be that, months or years leading up to it um you know as a team we've just been building building in the background you know we've always always had a um a realistic time frame on everything and and you know we've been wanting to build up towards inevitably the top of supercars and and you know we're we're on trajectory to to get there it may not be next year but it's certainly um it's certainly in our future and you know i think um the gen 3 was a uh, was a huge part of our our long term plan and goals um knowing that it was a bit of a reset and that you know, we could, um, the, the model shifts a little bit away from design teams, which we've never, never been a, um, a large design team. So this new era of racing, um, better suits our, uh, the way we operate. And, um, you know, as a smaller team that, that doesn't have a, um, a huge design department in house. So look, I think we've just been building, um, you know, we're certainly happy with where we are this year and, we certainly think that we've got a lot more to offer and we're looking forward to what the next few years can uh, could bring and, and results-wise what we can deliver. So I guess 
what you're saying, tell me if that's what you're saying, is that Gen 3 so far has has really levelled the playing field. Yeah, look, I mean, it's certainly, um, you know, I think one of the goals of Gen 3 was to do exactly that. Um, and I think, you know, in, in that sense, I would say it's it's achieved a, a key pillar of what what supercars intended with um with the whole platform. Um, for us, you know, not not having to try and out design teams that are far um, larger um, and and larger funded engineering departments, um, where we can just focus on the 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 engineering of going racing rather than the engineering of designing race cars. Um, you know that that certainly played into our favour. Um, you know, we're we're obviously not quite at the front yet, but we're certainly on our way towards it, and that's what we want to just keep pushing to achieve. You mentioned just a little while back, <clears throat> excuse me, that you think there's more to come. How soon do you think there's more to come? Are you in what shape are you guys for the upcoming enduros? Um, I think we're we're well prepared in the sense that um. You know, we've we've been we're comfortable with the reliability of our Gen Three cars. Um, we're comfortable with the speed of our our you know our drivers and and team package. Um, you know, we think we can go there and put on a really competitive entry. Um, we probably would be we would like to have been a little bit more prepared with the um, you know, the sort of uh, I guess brake change potential that that that's going to play a part. Um, obviously with Gen Three the the brake package was not meant to require changing at either Sandown and Bathurst, but um, you know it's it's proving more evident that it will, and and obviously that development of those processes have come quite late in the piece to all teams. Um, so you know it's not that we're singling ourselves out here, but I, I think comfortably we would have liked to have had more time to to practice and rehearse the potential brake changes that are going to occur at Sandown. Um, but in that sense, we're not we're not alone. I think every team in pit lane is is wishing they'd had more more time to better understand what we're going to have to do in the fast lane on um, on Sunday. Good combos, and well, on top of that, reliability is going to be keen, isn't it? Uh, key. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Like we're you know we're very happy with um Jade No Jada obviously returning for another year with the team. You know, we, we think that there's a, a future star in the making in, in him and, and obviously um being in a you know, several years in a row with the team in that co driver seat, we know exactly what we're what we're getting with him and, and I think the strength performance wise um of him is, is gonna be great. Um partner that up with, with JLB and you know, currently in fine form. I think that makes us have a really, really strong um strong entry in car thirty four. Um Cam Hill has been in all the longer races we've had this year, he's proved to be quite, quite strong. Um, and, and in the short races too, when, when he gets qualifying right. Um, so I think Cam's going to be very strong at the Enduros. Um, and um, obviously with Jalen Robotham, who is, you know, he's not a Bathurst virgin. He, he did do the 1000 last year, um, but, but certainly for Sandown, having never driven on a super soft tyre, other than the test day we did with him last week, uh, sorry, this week, um, you know that that's going to be a challenge for these um, these new guys with the with the super soft tire and the Gen three cars. It's, it's certainly going to be play a part in um, some of the co drivers that aren't haven't had a lot of mileage. Well, Matt, as they say in show business, you're an overnight success that took years in the making, 
you've been in this business, you know, now over a decade in the main game, of course, you know, relative newcomers, but still it's been a long, hard journey, hasn't it? Yeah, absolutely. And look, you know, we've, we've always looked at growing organically, you know, every year we try and do better results than the year before. Um, and you know, if, if we keep that true every year, then we're, we're, there's only one place you can end up and that that's, that's at the very top. Um, obviously the, the closer we get to it, the more competitive it is. And, you know, we're having a great run this year, running in the top 10 in the championship. And, you know, the goals we'd like to set for ourselves next year is to get in the top five of the championship. You know, we, we won our first race. We got a little bit hooked to the sensation of it. So, you know, we want to go out there and win more races this year and, and obviously um, continue that winning form next year. So the, the goals are there. Um, we spent years building up to the point where we can be competitive and, and race winners. And, and now we want to work on honing in on that, that, um, that ability and, and making it more and more frequent. And I think that's the goals that we're, we're working towards and, and, you know, that's what we want to achieve. How, how do you build, you know, a small team up into being a regular race winning and championship contender? Because it's not just bits and pieces. It's, well, it's people and it's funding as well, isn't it? Absolutely. And I think like anything, you know, you build it one brick at a time. Um, you know, there's no shortcuts, just hard work. You can come in with um, with all the funding in the world and, and, and grab all the people that you perceive to be the best in the game. And, and even with that, um, it still takes time and hard work. Um, you know, we haven't had the the unlimited um, budget, so we've had to double down on the hard work side of it. Um, and, you know, I think we just, we just brick by brick, we just keep building it up. And, you know, every year we just try and outperform ourselves. Um, you know, the biggest thing we do when we go racing is we're racing ourselves last year. Um, and, you know, if we can't beat who we were last year, then we need to take a hard look at ourselves and, and do better. All right. Let's go back to what we spoke about earlier, your family heritage, the legacy. I mean, it seems inevitable that you would end up, well, obviously in motor racing, but you know, running a team somewhere, was it inevitable? Um, look, I mean, it's, it's a funny thing. I, I grew up around motorsport. Um, straight out of school all I wanted to do was work in motorsport you know I took a couple of years off in the real world and and after a very short period of time was itching to get back into motorsport so unfortunately um or fortunately I should say I've, I've been hooked since 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 uh since I was a kid and um you know love what you do never work a day in your life as they say um but yeah like I I, I like the the path I've taken to get to where I where I am um you know I, I started off in supercars um, you know, and, and left supercars to go and go and work in smaller categories and run a team in, in smaller categories, um, you know, run, run, run teams and been successful in multiple categories um, in Australia, you know, won, won multiple champion, different championships in Australia, um, got our team has been on the podium in, in Japan, Japan and New Zealand series. So look, I, I, that's sort of outside of the spotlight of supercars path to back into supercars has been a fantastic journey and I'm, I'm glad that I, I did it that way. And, and certainly when, when I stepped out of supercars um, over a decade ago, I didn't see getting back into it in, in my immediate future. I was enjoying the challenges of racing in different categories, different countries and, and, and the, and the, all the different levels of 
um, professional motorsport that we were competing in and, and all the ch different challenges that those those brought forward. Um, but ultimately, you know, the, the competitor in, in me and, and the competitive spirit of our team wanted to get back to the, the, the Premier League. Um, and so I guess it was inevitable that, you know, we would eventually get to a point where we started looking at the main game supercars and started sort of manifesting an opportunity to, to get back in. Um, and then once we were in, we've, you know, we sort of doubled down and kept growing to, to get to a point where we're a two car team. And now we're trying to keep um, growing to get to the point where we're a top two car team. So yeah, it's been a, it's been a hell of a journey. And I think we've done it the way that's been very enjoyable for the, as a team to grow. Do you see MSR expanding back into some of those other categories in the future? That's a it's an interesting um interesting thought pattern. Um, at the moment, I would say probably not. Um, you know, for the last ten years, every year we did more than the year before, um, and this is the first year where we said we don't want to do any more. We want to do less, and we want to be laser focused on what we're doing. Um, you know, we've always expanded. Um, and last year we probably expanded a little bit too far. We were doing main game, Super 2, Super 3. Um, we had a whole other bunch of projects in the background um, in, you know, some test cars and restoration projects, and and we just had um, too much on our plate, I think, to is the way to put it, to do everything well. Um, so, you know, we made the execution for the team that we would focus on supercars and focus on doing that really well rather than focus on doing a lot of things not to our full potential so there's definitely um definitely still expansion in our future but not not to the the rapid level that we had been doing and and you know probably more focused around supercars rather than the um the other categories that that exist in the space it costs a lot of money however you look at it to get into supercars for a start and then maintain the operation, you've obviously taken a cautious but clever approach. So we can assume MSR is now on a very fun, uh, stable financial footing. Yeah, I think like anything, you know, you've got to you've got to build up your brand and build up your practices and and just build up your knowledge as to how to how to operate. Um, yeah, from a business sense. I think we've grown organically um, in terms of funding and in terms of size. Um, so, you know, we're at a point now where sustainability as a business is, is good. Um, you know, we, we, we're not looking at growth in terms of doing more work. We're looking at growth in terms of spent putting more effort into the work that we are doing. Um, you know, the, the economy is always, um, it's always up and down in motorsport, but, but, you know, we're pretty happy that, with the, the the practices that we've built in business to be sustainable, even in a rocky economy. Um, obviously, to go racing, everything costs money, and we you could never have enough. So you always want more. Um, but you know, I think we've built some good practices as to how to, how to best how to best utilize the budget we have, and how to keep can keep that budget growing, and and keep ensuring that you know every every dollar we can spend is is contributing to going going faster and performing more. Um, and, and every dollar we save is another dollar we can spend on performance. So financially, you're good to grow next year? 
Yeah, absolutely. Like we don't we don't plan on growing outside of supercars. Um, yeah, we would we would we certainly have interest in um, potentially a wildcard program. Um, whether that's next year or the year after, really determines on on whether or not we can get the right people to do it properly. You know, we got a good good team of people here. We're we're very um very happy with the. Um, yeah, a lot of people we're still training within the team, but it's a great group of mechanics and engineers and and all the rest. Um, but if we can't get enough extra people up to speed to do a wildcard properly, then we probably will delay that until 2025. But um, it's certainly something that's of interest of us in terms of growth for next year. Um, but it's not something we're relying on. It's something we're just exploring. Sure. Uh, I was talking specifically supercars. So you're Budget-wise, all good, go, all good to go in two thousand twenty-four. Oh, absolutely, yeah. Like you know, we're in a year of renewals now. Like our 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 um team tries to run on two-year cycles. You know, where every two years all our contracts come up at once. Um, and you know, we're working through the process with drivers, sponsors, team partners. Um, on the next two-year block, obviously, some of that's um we've released to the public in the the form of Cam Hill. Uh, continuing on with the team and, and you know, our the, the other side of the, the driver package um, won't be too far away. Um, as for the sponsor stuff, uh, we, we, we won't we won't shed any light on where we're at that until the current season's over. You know, we're, we're truck assist racing and, and, and until the um, till the curtain sets on Adelaide, we, we won't discuss um, publicly what, what we're going to be next year. But certainly all of those um, all of those key parts of our you know, the financial makeup of the team are, are well underway. And, and yeah, 2024 and 2025 are looking really good for the team. All right. You touched on it there. Let's talk drivers, present and future, with Jack LeBrock. I guess it's fair to say you took on someone who was, well, you might describe him as damaged goods. Well... <laughs> It seems that you've rehabilitated him. What did you see in him? Um, look, I mean, it's I'd followed Jack's career for a long time. You know, we we raced against him in, in when we were in Super Two, and he was in Super Two. Um, he's always been capable. He's a, he's a great talent. Um, but not everyone gets the the right opportunities, and not everyone gets the the right the right mindset at the right times of their career to make it work. You know, it's a, it's a brutal, brutal sport to be an athlete in, um, you know, for every guy that makes it to one of those 25 spots at the top, you know, there's a lot of guys that could have, but something just didn't quite go their way. Um, we certainly saw potential in Jack, um, you know, probably more specifically um, in the potential for him to qualify. Um, I think that was the thing early on that, that I thought was um, a key part, key strength in his driving. Um, you know, I, I think obviously coming out of the the previous two seasons with two other teams, he probably wasn't looking like the shiniest of um, candidates. But but we we looked past that and looked at his um, his career and his talent as a whole, and 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 you know we we were confident that if we could um, if we could get his head in the right space, get the right team environment behind him, that we could get results. And and you know it's it's a shame that uh, that we're not continuing that those results with him in into the future um obviously that was was the plan up until uh until the silly season got a hold of us all not that long ago yeah so that leads to the next question so how difficult is it 
going to be to replace JLB? Look, I think we're in a fortunate position where, um, you know, there's there, the, the grid is contracting next year. Um, you know, there's a lot of teams investing in um, bringing in rookie drivers. Um, obviously, you've got Stanaway coming out of the, the shadows of um, the background in supercars. So, you know, I think there's some guys that are, that are currently in the field that perhaps um, shed a light on, on, on JLB of two years ago that have great potential in their ability, but, you know, haven't necessarily had the greatest run. I think we're a, we're a small family team and, and, you know, we have a great culture of working together. And, you know, I think we're, we're able to, to bring out the potential in, um, in, in, in a good atmosphere to go racing and have fun and, and bring out the performance potential of, of, you know, try and get some of these guys to maximize their potential. So look, I think there is a, a really good group of guys that, probably won't be on the grid next year despite their experience. And I also think there's one or two really good rookies that um that 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 deserve to be on the grid but may not get the opportunity. So, you know, I sit there and get to look at all of those candidates and really just take my pick. Um and, you know, I can look back at their their careers to date and decide who I think's the better fit best fit and best potential for us to to keep delivering results next year. Have you decided yet? <laughs> um the the process is getting very close is is probably how i would say it um on the record um but yeah we're we're setting some pretty steep goals for ourselves as a team so you know we're, we're taking that the that decision very very seriously and, and making sure that we get the right candidate that we can can deliver on our expectations and you've just confirmed entirely expected but you've just confirmed that you've re-signed Cameron Hill on a multi-year deal um so you obviously see him as uh, a big part of the future absolutely I think um you know Cam's come out of being very successful in a lot of categories quite competitive ones be that Toyota 86 um Carrera Cup and, and then obviously Super 2 last year um we saw a lot of potential there and um and and coming into the Gen 3 era we thought a rookie that traditionally we'd go for someone that had been in Super 2 for three or four years, whereas we, we we saw someone who had a little bit more experience in other categories as being favourable, given that the Gen 3 cars were, we knew were going to be different to last year's supercar. Um, so in, in Cam Hill, we saw a lot of potential and in, and in his results this year, although on paper they and points, they probably don't show it. As a team, we, we, we've seen enough to make us be excited about his future um he's shown that when it, when the day goes right and he and, and he's in the right space he can qualify the car up the front and with the sprint rounds that supercars sprint round formats that supercars has qualifying is the key um it's a, it's far easier for us as a team to to refine the race pace and race craft um and 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 really bring out the best in that qualifying potential um He's had a bad run. It, it's as a team, it's been fortunate that all of our um, and this, this is unfortunate for Cam Hill and unfortunate for that side of the garage. But all of our teething issues that we've had with Gen Three have fallen on that car out of pure coincidence, um, and you know that that's meant that we haven't we've had a very fairly incident-free year for for JLB, um, which has been led to a strong championship 
you know, position at the moment. But unfortunately for, for Cam Hill's car, you know, we had a couple of issues early on with, you know, the refueling equipment not working properly. Um, he's had a couple of little spins and a couple of little tangles on track. You know, we've had some pit stop issues with wheel nuts that, that happened on his car. And you put all those things together and a lot of good results have been have been cost um, from a bit of a teething issues of a new car as opposed to anything um, anything reflective of, of Cam's uh, ability. So I think if we, once we tidy through a lot of those issues, there's a lot more potential results-wise in Cam's performance this year uh, than you probably see on paper. Formula One was once described by, among teammates as the Piranha Club. Supercars is a pretty savage environment at mo uh, as well. Um, if you had to earn your spurs, you know, to, well, I guess, to be taken seriously amongst the other, you know, big team bosses, and uh, do you have a, a much louder voice now in the sport? Um, look, I, I think I have a loud voice on on things that I find myself passionate, knowledgeable about. Um, but you know, like I think the guys that have been around in and I have a lot more experience in the history of supercars. You know, they have a, a louder voice on things that they're knowledgeable about. Um, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm probably, you know, I used to be the youngest team owner. I'm, I'm probably feeling a bit older and grayer now that I don't know whether I am or not. And I don't think it's particularly relevant anymore. Um, but yeah, I feel like, you know, we've been in the sport long enough now that we've established we're not going anywhere. Um, a lot of my, my positions and points that I, that I have on relative, um, relative matters can certainly get the traction to make it where they need to go. And, and if I, if we as a team or me personally see something that we want to try and um, get into effect, we, we certainly have the ability to do that. Um, I think supercars is a, it's a good group of people working together who also want to, want to, want to beat each other on the racetrack. And I think if it can, if you can keep that nurturing spirit between the teams of let's work together off the track and kill each other on the track, then the whole industry's um better for it. As soon as the teams start fighting off the track over sponsors, drivers, or whatever else, um, it it doesn't bode well for the for the sport. And I think at the moment, Gen Three's done another good thing of getting teams working together on this communal design that we're all working with. And and you know, it has got a good collaborative nature between all the teams and supercars and, and their technical department. Um. But yeah, I certainly don't feel like uh, like I, I struggle with any any communications within the industry. And I'm just wondering, what is your dad, Jimmy? What does he he think of it all? Because, well, he was very much a quiet achiever back in in his heyday, and I know he's still around in the background. Um, yeah, just just talk about that relationship. Yeah, look, look, Jimmy, uh, my old man is, you know, he's probably the closest um, relationship I have outside of my um, wife and kids. Um, obviously, my kids are quite young, so the, the relationships are, are very different at that age. Um, but yeah, like J Jimmy's my is my best friend and my biggest mentor, and and you know, I've I've worked very closely with him for um, my entire adult life career. Um, he's retired now, um, so he says, but you know, he's still. He still comes in the workshop. He's got a few of his own projects. He helps us with um with with everything racing. You know, he still gets his racing fix. 
he's got such a wealth of knowledge that um, you know the young guys that we have on the team and even myself can can benefit so greatly from. Um, and, and you know Jimmy's a racer through and through. Like he's he's been racing um, his whole life because he because he wants to, not because he needs to put food on the table. Um, and you know he's passionate about it, and he's still very passionate about racing. And you know he just gets to gets to look at it through through what we're doing as a team. And and you know he doesn't have to be as as hands on, um, which you know obviously given his retirement status is is exactly the way it should be. Well, it's indeed been an interesting journey and it looks like there's much more to come. Matt Stone, thank you for your time and for your insight. No worries. Thanks for having me. I'm happy to come back uh, anytime you, you want to chat. That's it for now. I'll be back on Monday with all the latest breaking news on Speed Cafe Newscast. And don't forget the latest Speed Cafe Grassroots Racing Podcast featuring improved production car racing veteran Ray Hislop. I'm Mark Fogarty. Thanks for listening. You've just listened to a Speed Cafe Pod Hub production. 